was gorgeous. Good morning. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today sharing a little bit. And I'm going to apologize right now. I say, uh, just a little too much, and I, I, I'll try to watch it, but I'm not good at this. So. As many of you probably know, I, well, if nothing else, because Bob said it, and <laughs> it's in the bulletin, um, I have recently become the full-time staff chaplain at CJW. Um, and God has been teaching me a lot, both before receiving that job and since so even more. I wanted to share some of what he's been teaching me um, because it's been, it's been very powerful and it's about prayer. Chaplaincy is largely a ministry of prayer. Of course, truthfully, all of us are called to a ministry of prayer. Chaplaincy is just in a specific environment. And um, so we... Um, we need to talk about prayer. I wanted to show you some visual prayers with which I've become very familiar. Okay. This is a Facebook post. It's kind of a dumb pun. Um, <laughs> however, you wouldn't think that would be a prayer. But if you knew who shared it with me, you would. A fellow that I went to high school with who nearly died of a heart attack last year, sends Facebook puns and minion quotes frequently as a celebration of the fact that he is still alive and that laughter is good medicine. I think that's a prayer. This is a heart rate or a heart monitor. Some of you will be familiar with it and some of you won't. That's actually a good rhythm, but a lot of times people that um, look at those are seeing what isn't a very good rhythm, and they're waiting to see it change. They either want it to get better, or sometimes they're waiting to see a flat line. And I see this pretty frequently as well. People want to know if the doctor's going to bring good news or bad. Those are all prayers, and everybody prays. You realize that everyone prays because everybody has needs. They may not know who they're praying to. They may not realize even that they are praying. But like the um, Athenian philosophers that you find in Acts 17, verse 23 if you want to look it up, um, they may be praying to an unknown God. We as Christians, however, pray to a God we know because we've met him through Christ Jesus. But why do we all pray? And that's the question I want to address today. Of course, one reason that people pray is out of gratitude. Like my high school friend, they celebrate the good things in life, healthy babies, good jobs, joyful reunions. So many good things happen in our lives. The opportunity to be in a place like this with wonderful people of God. 
the sun shining outside, and the warm weather yesterday, and surviving the storm <laughs> yesterday. Um, we celebrate many things, and in celebrating, we, give, we reflect on the giver of every good and perfect gift. Another reason we pray is for forgiveness. Again, some people may not know even whose forgiveness it is that they need, but they know they need it from someone because we all have guilt and the need to unburden ourselves, and it's a strong drive. Probably most often, though, we pray out of our heart's desire for things to be different. We want to land that new job, or see our loved one who is ill get better. We want our difficulties to go away and our joys to increase. We want our lives to be richer, fuller, easier, safer. In today's Old Testament reading, we found Abraham praying for the protection of the few righteous people in Sodom. Unfortunately, God didn't find ten righteous people in Sodom. Move forward a few thousand years to today and listening to the nightly news or reading the newspaper, you might think that God would be hard-pressed to find ten righteous people in the United States. One of the things for which we as Christians need to pray is protection for each other, just as Abraham did. I became a full-time chaplain in the midst of the 2016 presidential campaign. Most people will agree that this has been a trying time in the United States, and the pain doesn't appear to be going anywhere yet. Add to that concern the issues of terrorism around the globe, riots around the country, and you find people fearful, angry, hurt, traumatized, and questioning God. I was a little surprised the first couple of times it happened, but fairly often, patients will talk to me about their concerns for our country and the world, even when they're laying in their, in their hospital beds. Sometimes I'll ask someone how they want me to pray, and they'll, they'll speak about their health issues or their their family issues, and then they'll say, and the troubles we're going through in this world. All of us are concerned about these things. And so as those of us called out to speak on behalf of our own Sodom, how do we pray? Well, our New Testament passage today um, might shed some light on that. It is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and it's, same as usual, I can't get my app up quickly enough. <laughs> Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, 
and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as you can see, I'm sure you were not expecting the woman preacher to talk about being a warrior, Um, but that's what we need to do today. Um, As warriors, there's a few things we need to remember. First and foremost, we're in an already victorious army, the army of Christ. He won this war on the cross and by his resurrection. Sin and death and the evil of this world are already defeated. So, you know, we're fighting a, a winning battle. Second, the evils of this world, the forces of um, death and destruction, those are the enemy, not specific people. We need to remember that we fight hatred, fear, shame, addiction, not people who hate, who fear, who are ashamed, who are addicted. Third, we need to be prepared. The helmet of salvation makes us part of the army of Christ. The belt of truth and the word of God instruct us on how to fight the enemy, and the shield of faith reminds us over and over again that we are victorious. Fourth, pray. Pray always. Pray against the evil forces that we discussed. Pray to be reminded of the truth. Pray to be guided into righteousness. Pray to have courage to fight. I specifically asked Philip to have the choir sing, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, because that is my prayer. And I'll read it to you again in a moment. I want to tell you why I hooked on to that. At Chippenham, we have a few or CJW, I should say, we have a few principles that we live by, and one of them is um, simplify and focus. And I thought to myself, what's the simplest and most focused way to be part of the fight, part of the fight 
in this place. And that prayer came to me, um, you know, flipping through. I, I remember it from, you know, seminary or whatever. And um, So I'll read the words to you again, um, although they were very beautifully sung, sung. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to love, be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Finally, we have to act. Matthew West sings a contemporary Christian song called Do Something, and it starts with these words. I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now, thought, how do we ever get so far down? How is it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. In summary, we've discovered that everyone prays. But Christians pray knowing the God to whom that we pray. We pray out of gratitude, out of forgiveness, or for forgiveness, but mostly for things to be different. And in this world in which we live, we pray for victory over the evil forces of fear, hatred, shame, addiction, etc. They cannot destroy us unless we stop praying. The world depends on us to bring about the victory that Christ already won for us. So pray. And join me as we do pray.